Hi, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to look at Luke chapter 17. We'll start in verse 1 and go to verse 19. One day Jesus said to his disciples, There will always be temptations to sin, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there's repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks forgiveness, you must forgive. The apostles said to the Lord, Show us how to increase our faith. And the Lord answered, If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, May you be uprooted and thrown into the sea, and it would obey you. When a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of the sheep, does his master say, Come in and eat with me? No. He says, prepare my meal, put on your apron, and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he was told to do? Of course not. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. All right, in this passage, Jesus begins this passage speaking about how we relate to each other and the importance of helping build one another up in our faith and not becoming a stumbling block or causing another person to sin. Rather, we're to help one another, come alongside one another, partner with one another to live the kind of lives God's called us to live together. And uh, that includes forgiveness, which is a very difficult thing. And in fact, um, Jesus says in his instructions, you need to forgive if this person sins against you, but they're genuinely repenting, genuinely turning around and saying, I'm sorry, I, you know, I'm confessing it, I'm making changes, we're called to forgive. And the disciples recognize, Jesus' apprentices recognize how difficult it is to forgive. So what do they say? We're going to need more faith, <laughs> you know. Help us increase our faith, Jesus, because that's a hard teaching. And so Jesus Gives them hope, saying, even if you have a bit of faith, God can take that and do great things. And then Jesus gives this whole perspective that um, when we follow his teaching, it's not like then now God owes us. You know, sometimes we can think, well, I'm living this life for God. You know, I forgave that person who sinned against me, and I didn't want to, but I forgave him. And so now, God, you owe me to give me a particular kind of life. Or um, we can feel superior to other people. We can feel superior to the people that we forgive. We can feel superior to the people that we've had to confront about something. But Jesus says, listen, always have this posture of a servant. 
a posture of humility to say, listen, I'm a servant. I'm not a master. I follow the master. I follow Jesus and I follow his teaching because his teaching leads to life. Therefore, I forgive. Why? Because I'm a servant of the master who summons me to life. And that includes forgiveness. And it means I'm not better than everyone else. I'm not better than that person I forgave. I am a servant, a humble servant. And so that gives a kind of an attitude to us that we that we need in life to follow Jesus, a humility, a trust in him and gratitude for the change he's done in our life. And so that's where we come to this next story, this amazing story of 10 lepers. Now, again, if, if you're not familiar with leprosy, leprosy is a skin disease that uh, at the time of Jesus would require the infected people to uh, be quarantined and be like in a little leper colony, you know. They were quarantined from the rest of society. So therefore, lepers, if you had the skin disease, you were literally out, you know, outcasts of the community. You were outside the camp. And so these lepers, from a distance, approached Jesus with humility, with faith. They believed that Jesus could heal them. And so Jesus had mercy on them, and he intended to heal them. And so he kind of did it in an interesting way. He just said, yeah, just keep on walking. I'll take care of it on the way. You know, um, and it's amazing. Jesus is able to heal. Uh, sometimes he touches a leper and sometimes he just is like, yeah, keep on walking. Go to the priests. Uh, it'll it'll take care of itself. You're all set. Thanks. You know, and then this is kind of one of those moments. Jesus sends them to the priests um, and on the way they're healed. But he, he sends them to the priests for a reason. Uh, the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures uh, gave instructions on when you're healed, when you're healed of leprosy, when you're healed of disease, you're to go to the priest, you're to offer a sacrifice, uh, honor God and glorify God in that way. But also, the priest then um, would kind of give you the all clear in the community. You know, you're okay, you're healed now before God, before uh, before us, and now you can re-enter society. These 10 lepers got their lives back. And so um, as they're walking to the priest, um, they're healed. And following their healing, only one of the ten, only one, praised God and returned to thank Jesus. Ten lepers were healed, and only one returned. And the only one who returned was a Samaritan. And that would have been a shock to all those around Jesus. In fact, it seems like it was a shock to Jesus, saying, okay, I thought I healed ten, where are the other nine? And the only one that shows up to honor God and to thank me, to have a spirit of gratitude and praise of God, is a Samaritan. And again, Samaritans and Jews had a uh, relationship that was very tense. There was a lot of prejudice, a lot of distance, a lot of hatred between the two groups. And so people would have been shocked that the only person to return was a Samaritan. What's also interesting is that you've got Samaritans and Jews hanging out together as lepers. You know, perhaps their social outcast status as lepers um, allowed them as Samaritans and Jews to hang out together. But the only person who returns is a Samaritan. And so all these stories in Luke, Luke seems to have story after story of um, these outcasts being set free and being examples 
to those around Jesus and to us. And I think it's a reminder that the acceptance of Jesus, the movement of Jesus is wider than we anticipate, wider than we would probably allow. And God invites all sorts of people into the Jesus movement. And so the Samaritan leper, this ultimate outcast who was healed, becomes our example today to praise and thank God, to live a life of gratitude. And so I don't know how you do at gratitude, but I can forget sometimes that I am not the master, that I am a servant. I can forget of the great work that God has done on my behalf to rescue me, to set me free, to give me new life. I can complain a lot. I can compare a lot. I can lack contentment and covet a lot. And I think God has given us a gift, and Jesus um, and the Samaritan have given us an example of what can help fight against comparing, fight against coveting, fight against complaining. And that gift is gratitude. Gratitude. And so the invitation today is to be grateful, to identify the gifts of God in our lives, to humbly recognize God's work in our life. Scripture declares that every good and perfect gift comes from God, our Father, the Father of lights, And so today, where's God been working in your life? What are you thankful for? What could you thank him for? And so right now, I'm just going to say, you know, God, I thank you for, and I just want you to either, you know, verbally or in your head, respond. All right, so let's do this. God, right now, I thank you for. God, I thank you for. God, I thank you for. God, I praise you today because may we together live lives of gratitude and praise to God. Because that gratitude and praise of God reminds us and reveals that we are his servant, his humble servants. And it helps defeat against the complaining, the coveting, and the comparing. How has God impacted your life today? What good gift has he given you? Let's pray. God, we thank you and praise you today for all the blessings you give us. From transportation to a place to sleep to air in our lungs, to people who love us and we get to love, and above all, for your son Jesus who gave his very life that we might have life, the ultimate gift out of love. Thank you for wanting to adopt us into your family. We love you, God, today, and we thank you. May we today be constantly reminded to keep returning to you throughout the day and to praise you and to thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.